Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am joined by producer Corey today and a very special guest. We have Shane Trail, owner of the Hall of Fame Fund. How are you guys both doing today? Shane, we'll start with you because guest first. I'm doing good, guys. I'm happy that the Rays just won. A little eighth inning magic happened there, so very pleased to uh, see that and uh, happy to be my first time on here with you guys. Dude, it's a pleasure. And producer Corey, how are you doing today? better than your sick ass <laughs> yeah so for you guys that don't know because obviously why would you know i am actually this is you can call this my covid game um this is the covid pod and i am Bet whatever fighting, he says uh, yeah i'm fighting through <laughs> covid right now um i've got my vix vapo cool max strength lozenges here i've got my decaf vanilla tea and i've got my yeti full of water so we're trying to stay hydrated keep the fluids going and make sure that this is a very liquid podcast for you guys uh with a lot of great content so i know i wanted to start this off with uh you know shane we we see you all over twitter you are i want to say you're almost famous for betting on these lines that are just like minus 300 and it's it's one of those things that a lot of people don't like to do like they see that line they see like minus 110 and they don't want to bet it right so talk to me a little bit about juiced betting and what that is to you and like why why does it not so much matter to you yeah um so juice betting to me it's not necessarily the number it's more of what the position I'm trying to take. I'm trying to find a position where I have an edge or I believe I have an edge over the book. So people like they see a minus 200 line, they see even a minus 180 line and they run for the hills. There, I had the, the, the things I get told on Twitter, I'm surprised sports books even offer a minus 200 <laughs> line or even offer a minus 165 line because apparently nobody bets it. And apparently that it's, it's frowned upon to bet. So I you know, like to think outside the box. And I was like, there's got to be a way where you can be profitable in this situation. And I, I believe there is. I mean, I, 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 do, I will die on that hill. I believe you can bet a juiced money line um, and be profitable. But I will say, you can't, vo- you can't volume bet juice because then you're going to run into some trouble. So you got, if you're going to bet juice, you also have to pick your spots. So it comes with like its limitations. Yeah, I I 100% understand that. And I guess one of the things that I was curious to know just from your process perspective, because I know the way that I bet, I do a lot of flat betting. So like for me, when I bet on something, I bet one unit and it doesn't matter to me what the juice is. Um, Sometimes I'll bet like halves or quarters or, you know, even like 0.1 if it's like a higher alt line. When you're handling juice bet, like these heavy juice lines, are you betting like one unit on it or are you betting to win one unit? Because I know that's like kind of a decent debate with the way that people want to manage their bankroll. Yeah, I 100% it's a great point. Not only to manage your bankroll, but if you're going to bet juice, you know, you bet a, a three to one, you bet 300 to win one, you can kill your bankroll. So yeah. since I bet juice primarily only, I just flat bet juice. I don't ever, I don't have a unit system either. Like I'm the type of guy that I have to be convinced on a bet, so which leads me to low volume. So I'm a low volume better and I have to convince myself with a couple angles. Um, we'll get into that later of how I find the angles, but a couple angles. And once I'm sold on it, I bet that unit flat. So my units don't change. I don't have a, um, I guess you can say, I like this bet X amount versus this bet X more amount. I only like it bet yeah. a certain amount. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I think that that's like because of the way that you're betting on things. And I think that that's important too, right? Like, I think a lot of times we get out of hand, especially as better as like you see an angle and you're like, I love this. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. And then all of a sudden you're betting like 
two, three, four units on it. And like, let's not even get into the people that bet 10 units on anything because it's just fucking ridiculous, right? So like, let's let's not even get into that, right? But um, I think that, that that's what happens. And then you forget about it and you're just like, how could this lose? This is free, whatever. And it's like, when you let that emotion kind of take over your bankroll, you start to kind of lose track of where you are in your process, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I tip my hats to the people that have, you know, a, a fucking five unit system. I don't know how you put five units on something. You convince yourself to put five units here, but then you can only convince yourself to put one unit here. Now, I understand there's edges to it, but to me, a one, five, one, two, three, four, five unit scale, it's like, it's just too big of a scale. It's either you like it or you don't like it. And uh, as yeah. a person who bets juice, you got to be convinced to bet it. And if you're hard earned money, you can't be throwing units out there because you kind of like it. I'm not a kind of like it better. I think the emotional part of betting is the number one thing of why people chase bets. And and I think that can lead to a lot of trouble. So I'm very low on the, on the uh, volume. I need to be 100% convinced. Dude, I think that's actually a good point. And uh, like, that's something that a lot of people don't say, right? Like when you're saying you can't be a kind of like it better. I think that's a great quote because I think that there's a lot of times when, you know, it's like you're in discords, you're talking to people, you're in group chats, whatever. And people are like, I kind of like this. I'm going to throw like 10 bucks on it. And it's like, okay, like, I don't know what 10 bucks is to you. Like if 10 bucks is a unit, that's insane. Like if you're just like, yeah, I think I like this. And then you're just throwing money at that. You're just throwing money out the window. And then people don't want to consider that like in their bank rolls in their systems, whatever. And then all of a sudden they look at their, like their fan duel, like or draft kings in and out balance and they're just like oh like i'm losing and it's just like at the end of the year like they think you're gonna have to pay taxes it's like taxes on what man like you just lost like, <laughs> i completely so. agree and that kind of ties into another topic the guys that you know give out leans what the fuck is a lean how do you lean something do you like it or you don't lean to me on um, we'll get to twitter later but when people give out leans on twitter it's like what is this a fucking coupon that if it loses you're off the hot seat but if it wins you're the greatest guy ever i mean i fucking hate leans i can't stand if people put them out i think it's complete ludicrous Dude, that well, that's exactly what a lean is. I think a lean is just a way to victory lap if it hits, and if it doesn't hit, then it's then it was freebie. It's like, oh, like I didn't mean it. Just kidding, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I put so, half a unit of my eight unit scale. <laughs> yeah, like, like, but it's like plus eight thousand. Yeah. So you know, some bullshit like that. So I do think that there's some value. I guess like if you're talking about a game where it's like if you don't if you don't know. So like if we were talking about a game now, right? We're talking about a game tomorrow. We don't know where the props come out. We're like, look, I'm looking at this. This is a thing that I this is an angle that I'm looking for in a player prop market. Uh, I hope it's out here. If it's here, like I definitely would be leaning towards that bet. That's one way to use a lean. If you're just putting out there, like I lean over four and a half rebounds at minus 115. Like, what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely just a free coupon for people to tout stuff on Twitter and uh, victory lap, as you said. Yeah. So um, you generally bet on like money lines, totals, uh, spreads, right? Do you really dabble with player props at all or no? Not really. I try to. Um, like, I, I honestly bet juice there too. Like baseball, I only yep. bet K prop. So like a little bit ago, they had Kikuchi. Um, his, I think he played, if I remember correctly, the Oakland A's and his K rate, okay, K rate, his strikeout prop was like eight and a half. And Barstool, as we all know, they're a pretty shitty book. They had him at all. Yeah. The worst. They had an alt strikeout line in minus 265. He's hit over 10 and a half strikeouts. Like, I want to say, if I remember the number correctly, don't quote me. It was around six of like 59 total games. Never. And like, just doesn't do it. Yeah. Just doesn't do it. And I, I looked at the, uh, I looked at him against the Oakland A's. He was over two at that number. So I was like, this is a good bet. I took it at minus 150, uh, minus 250 and a hit. So like, 
it's, it's kind of what I do. I, I'm just not the type of guy to where I see something and it's like, oh, this hit 46% of the time. I'm getting, you know, plus 105. I understand it's like edges to that stuff, but it's just not my betting style. I'm too yeah, low of a volume I, better to do that. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Like I, we had Steve Keach on uh, a couple months ago about, and he's from Roto Grinders and he's a big uh, outs guy. And like, I like betting pitching outs under specifically 18 and a half outs. Just because, you know, like they're most pitchers aren't going in the seventh. So yeah. you see that line. It's just like, I don't care that it's minus 200. Like, I like I just know this guy doesn't do it. You know, in the amount of times, like even uh, like Spencer Strider, for example, he'll go six innings, throw 90 pitches. And they're just like, you're done. We're, that's it. We don't need to see the seventh out of you. So I think that, you know, with the juiced idea, uh, I think juice betting actually lends itself much more strongly to even player prop betting just because it's hard for the books to adjust. It's like if they're moving from four and a half to five and a half, what does that mean? Like, where does this number go? Or is the five and a half now just going to get hammered on the under? Do we want to just change the juice because of the way that the numbers are kind of falling in? I definitely agree. And to the point, like last season, if you remember, you're a big NBA guy. I'm not so much yeah. an NBA guy. Charlotte Hornets overs was like the number one money thing. They never went over. And I'm a no. big alternative. Um, and like for FanDuel, you can parlay alternative NBA team totals and you yeah. can get um, like the Charlotte Hornets last year was like my number one money making system. I just kept hammering their team total under. And I, I was getting like, it was like 127, 132 team. Just total. not scoring it was, that. It was insane. I was, it was like, I, I SDQ out it and, um, it's high bet, and it was like 61 unders to like six overs when the total is at, you know, X amount. And I was like, this is ridiculous. They're even offering this at minus 300. This should be like a minus 600 line. And sure enough, the, the books report out at the end of the year that the Charlotte Hornets were the number one under team because they get people get putting the overs over because Lamella Ball just like to dribble the ball up the court and go crazy. Yeah. Uh, and like it's good for other teams, but not so good for the Hornets. So yeah, exactly. it was kind of one of those things. Um, but I know you just mentioned uh, SDQL. Talk to me a little bit about that because I know that's probably one of the major things that you use for trend betting, right? Yeah, so that's 100% how I bet. Every single one of my bets are backed by SDQL. And SDQL is essentially just lets you find profitable situations. And um, a quote that I kind of live by and like by, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So I feel like if you're going to learn the history of things, you can profit from it in the future. That's how I see things. That's how I bet things. And so basically, if you want to see, like, I I just tweeted out earlier, the, the uh. Tampa Bay Rays this year, when they are bigger than a minus 150, 155 favorite at home, they're hitting around, they just won tonight, around 78%, and you get like 20% ROI on that if you blindly bet that. And you can yeah. dive into that with more strategic situations. Like they kill left-handed pitching. So if you want to see the Tampa Bay Rays at home above minus 150 against lefties, and you can you know you can get nitty-gritty with SDQL. But I will say um, people who are listening to this are probably like, mm, I don't agree with that. I agree with them as well. Like you can overfit yourself to a situation yeah. so perfectly that you're like, oh, this is great. It's, you know, 30 and 0, but it's like a lot of people make fun of me on Twitter. Like, oh, when the, when they were wearing green jerseys and he had eggs for <laughs> breakfast and I understand, you know, you can get crazy with it, but there's pros and cons to it. As long as you limit yourself to not overfit yourself a situation, kind of like how you mentioned earlier, where you love a situation, your bankroll, you hammer it. You also can't do that with SDQL and trend betting because you can fit the situation to wherever the hell the fuck you like it. And that's the problem people to watch out for. 
Yeah. So I guess what's the nuance that you're bringing to it then with, you know, like you find a trend or like the way I try to look at trends is I look at trends as a way to either like take me off of something or then maybe like raise an alarm and just say like, what's going on here? Maybe I should be betting it. Like what kind of nuance do you bring in to the trend to then decide? Cause it's like, I'm sure if you query a billion things in a day, like you could find probably like a hundred things to bet on. What's the nuance that you bring to it? Like to find those maybe like two, three angles that you bet on each day. I think my favorite one for football is like backing the public dog. It doesn't do that well. And like public perception, I guess to answer your question fully public perception. I like the SDQL. Like I'll ask my, my guy in my group chat, I'm like, who do you guys think wins tonight? And like, Oh, this team's not <laughs> losing. And like, this guy's so good. I'm like, well, did you know teams that covered the spread by more than 21 points the last two games? Cause they're coming in hot. The public's like, you know, Oh, they're killing it. They're doing really good. And the line's high now. They don't cover the line because the books adjusted, but people didn't mentally. So that gives you like a, I guess a data driven advantage. If you want to say to that point. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. So it's just like taking whatever you think people are going to want to be betting and then Mm -hmm. kind of going the opposite way. Mm -hmm. So what with which sport do you find to have the best trend data? Do you think it's baseball because there's the literally the most games or is it, you know, like because I feel like football would be harder because there's just less. So actually, for me, I don't bet um, run lines in baseball. I bet minus ones and I bet money lines just to keep the edge more to my favor. I, I believe that hook is for Vegas and I try not to, you know, teeter too much with it. But so for example, and I, I bet against the Oakland A's, no matter what the fuck the number is, for example, the Oakland A's, when they're on the road above minus two Oh five. So just above 200 people were like, Oh, I'm, how are you going to, how are you going to not bet a team that has a, a, such a good price tag of plus two forty five? They're yeah. like six and 47. It and if you bet that they're, they're negative ROI. Like, like, like to the point, like, they are negative money. You cannot make money betting the Oakland A's on the road, even if they are plus 300 because they're still negative. That's how people – I try to make people understand that. I understand the price tag is so much more appealing and betting a minus 250 is not, but it's profitable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that that's one of those things too at the end of baseball seasons especially. And I, I mean with baseball just in general, I think the point that you just raised about run lines is interesting, right? It's not like basketball or, you know, like where they're going to foul or football where they're going to start going for it on fourth down and you're going to get like changing field position or like a pick six, something like that. Baseball, it's like you literally just need to win by one. It doesn't matter. So you're not, you know, like it's not like you're going to try to like eke out some extra runs or something like that to cover a quote unquote spread. Like you're not you're not trying to do that. So I think that the point with baseball is great because it's just like, why am I going to lay this extra juice for a team to win by runs that they don't need to win by? They don't need to game plan for that. I agree. Like, you can't get a backdoor cover in baseball, essentially, unless it's like a you know home run. And not yeah. only that, but I feel like... um just betting juice in baseball is easier because baseball is the one sport people don't understand. Like hockey, it's the same goalie the whole entire game. Football, it's the same quarterback the whole entire game. Basketball, it's the same six to seven guys. Baseball, once that sixth, seventh inning comes around, you don't fucking know what arms coming out of the bullpen. You know the four guys that are arrested and you know the closer. You know what I mean? And yeah. you can kind of guess the situational. But baseball is the one sport where the sixth inning on, it really changes like variability-wise. And you don't know – some managers make awful decisions. And I can I, – to bring one up here, the, the World Series a couple of years ago when they took Blake Snell out in the fifth oh, inning, yeah, it was absolutely – absolutely dueling you can't predict that so managers in baseball the bullpen in baseball is the one sport where it makes run lines too scary for me yeah i think that's a really fair point so all right so we got you on the trend betting and you know like we 
like, is there anything else that you use, I guess, to like fund your thought process for like when you're putting out bets or like when you're putting out plays besides, you know, like the trends and then like trying to fade some of the public, I'm sure you have your own like nuance, like the things that you like to look at or like particular stats. Is there anything that you like uh, or that you would kind of recommend for people to kind of look at if they were trying to get into this type of thing? Um, I guess shout out bet labs action network. We both work there. Uh, I use bet labs <laughs> quick plug real quick. <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll take uh, that. <laughs> um, bet labs is good. Bet labs is more, um, if you want to begin to what I start doing, I would definitely suggest bet labs because it's all plug and play a little bit more intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, SQL, it's more of like, you can get nitty gritty with some crazy, you know, yards per pass attempts rush yards. You know, you can get crazy with it. So definitely start out at bet labs. If you want to try to get into the trend betting, and for the nuances, I don't really have any nuances. I I have a very, like I said, I'm a I'm a low volume better. I'm a very disciplined better. And every day I come on this computer and I just hound situations and I try to find profitable situations. All right, we like that. So <laughs> I know you mentioned before how um you know on Twitter or X now, right? Uh, how people would just make fun of you. They're just like, what is it like? If you know, if it's like they're wearing green shirts or this color uniform, yeah. like whatever. I feel like gambling Twitter is just such an interesting uh creature, right? Like mm-hmm. there's so many different people. Like there's a lot of different angles going on. Like a lot of people, different touts, like whatever. Um, how do you how do you feel about it? Just kind of kind of generally. <laughs> Yeah. So like, I think gambling Twitter um, or X is, I think it's a good environment. I think it's a, it's a toxic ecosystem, but I mean, it's not too bad. There's some very smart people on there um, paid or free. And then there's some really dumb people on there, you know, paid honestly or free. And I feel like you can meet good people. Like I met you through uh, X, which is cool. You can meet nice connections, you know, you can establish friendships, but the touting situation, I don't think touts are bad. I understand I am a tout, but I, I mean, I believe I deliver a service that uh, when I give you a play, I can say, well, you know, these are the six angles that are back in this play. I mean, there's talents out there, of course, that, you know, they fucking, they just pick something random. I don't know how I'm not going to speak on how they do it, but I know it's yeah. not to the best uh, to pay them money for it, you know? No, I, I, I get that. And I, I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with talents. I think that there's like, you know, I think that there's just some like, like I've been saying, I've been saying the word nuance a lot throughout this podcast, but there's a little bit of that throughout this. It's like, there's going to be some people that just because they're paid or just because they have a lot of followers doesn't necessarily make them the best at like what they're doing. It's just like, they have an audience for whatever reason, whether it's engagement or, you know, like the way they interact, like whatever they put out, people seem to like it, or, you know, maybe they hit a big play every so often. So it's something like that. Um, I do think that it's, one of the things that I always find is funny is like people, there's always like a rush to be like the first person on a play. And I always think that that's hilarious because my thought is a lot of times, like I'm looking at what I'm looking at, like whatever time I am looking at my process. Right. And then like, if I'm on the same play as somebody else, then I see then I like, I put my play out. I see that they're on the play. I'm like, Oh, sick. Like somebody else that was smart is also on this play. It's there's probably some, like, it's nice that multiple people are thinking about the same thing. It's not like, uh, like I'm trying to steal somebody's thunder or vice versa. Or if somebody comes in after me, like it doesn't affect me at all. Like, I guess you're not running into it in the same amount betting like minus three fifty on Tampa, but like, do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that? I, I, do, I do see that. And I do think it's funny. I, I think it's like high school drama. I've been here first. It's my play. Get off of it. I think it's, 
Absolutely ludicrous. And I personally would like to see, you know, I respect some people on Twitter and I follow them. And when I see them on my play, I'm like, okay, I feel more confident. Uh, now, like, I don't believe in jinxes or fades. I don't believe in no. none of that shit. I think if you're getting, if you're going to get fucked, you're going to get fucked. There's no one, there's no one on the play that's going to make you, you know, fall to that by, by no means. And, but I also like, it kind of goes into like, uh, I guess it kind of translates to like money splits when sports books put out like, oh, 91% of the bet. I think all that is fucking dumb. I think all of it is just for marketing tactics. I don't give a shit if 100% of the money is on something. My betting style is if I like it, I like it. And I don't care if all the money's on it. And I mean, it's so obsolete that data they put out. I feel like it's delayed. You don't know what counter it's coming from. I mean, I hate when people quote no. like, oh, the public dog is getting 92% of the money because some app on CBS sports has it as this. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Let's, let's not put this on Twitter anymore. You know, what's funny. I think it's funny that you say that because a lot of times we'll see, I think, um, was it, uh, I think, was it Shahid last night or something or two nights ago? Mm -hmm. It was like, like it was, it was like 99% of the bets and the money were on over whatever it was like 43 receiving yards. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Cause nobody is betting on that unless they're on Twitter. And there's been like six people that tweeted about this bet. So yeah, like, I agree. Like, there's some popular accounts that a hundred percent shift the lines and probably bring in like 40% of the money. Yeah. Like I remember my one buddy, Matt, who we've had on the pod, Matt Issa, he's great, great basketball content, but he texted me, uh, I forget when it was, but he texted me. It was like, my dad wants to bet on this game. Like, what should I tell him to bet? So I told him, I was like, uh, I was like, actually my favorite bet on this game is, um, I think it was like, it was like Josh Hart over five and a half rebounds. And he was like, dude, you got to give me like a money line. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like, my dad can't bet on this. So yeah. that's why I was like. It's just, it's all, it's, it's not like anybody that is not on Twitter. So it's like, I always think that those numbers are like skewed for one way or the other, but I do sometimes wonder, and I guess this kind of goes into the way like bookmaking goes. Right. So I'm like, neither of us are bookmakers, but I always think it's interesting that there's so much like discrepancy and there's a lot of like talk about like this is a sharp book or this is a soft book you know what what are your thoughts on you know sharp books versus like recreational books obviously you know like the big ones like FanDuel DraftKings like they're on they're like they're national right so they're in what is it like 30 something states now you you can't manage your book the same way that like circa can who's in two states so like what are your what are your thoughts on some of those things with like limits and you know the markets that are even available first things first i want to say shout out circa i think they're one of the best sports books out there um i like what they're doing over there um uh, but like i said fanduel they're in two states like you said fanduel draftkings they are you know, not FanDuel, but DraftKings is a publicly traded company. They answer to the consumers. It is a business. They have to make us happy so we come back and place more bets on their platform. A lot yeah. of the older heads, you know, they don't like, you know, that we're asking for, re I'm not asking for refunds. People ask for refunds. They're entitled to ask. They are a customer of the sports book. They yeah. deposit with that account. And they said, okay, I want to be your customer. I want you guys to take my money. So DraftKings has the, you know, obliged to answer yes or no. And they are. And to me, I think they're beating out FanDuel in that sense by offering these refunds. I think they're doing a great job of a business standpoint. I'm not talking about, you know, the betting ecosystem. Is it good for the industry? I'm not talking about that. A sportsbook itself, refunding bets is good for its customers.
Yeah, like I would love if Circa was in New Jersey. It's actually it's one of the books that New Jersey doesn't have. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a weird one for me to be saying, like, I wish we had that one here. But I do get what you're saying. And I 100% agree. I think that it's, you know, like from a marketing perspective, that's what it is. Like it's a marketing move. So we're looking at these sports books that are saying like, hey, what can we do to differentiate ourselves from our direct competitor? And when FanDuel is saying like, because I think FanDuel is number one in market share, right? Or it's like real close between FanDuel and DraftKings. So if you have those two kind of going head to head, and it's like, it's like cell phone companies. It's like AT&T and Verizon. So it's like if you're if Verizon's FanDuel and then AT&T is uh is DraftKings, like what can they do? It's like, "Oh, like we're not going to tie you into this plan or we're going to give you this discount." Like that's what they're doing. So I don't I I don't really think that there's an issue with people asking for a refund. There are such things as bad bets. And I think the other thing is honestly, most people are not winning money when they're betting on sports. Like that's just, it's just the way it is. Like they're just not winning money. Like there are very few of us who are long-term profitable and the people that are, are generally not the ones that are really asking for a refund. But it's like, if I happen to get a refund, it's like sick. Awesome. Like I awesome. Like I appreciate it. But like, I, I didn't think it was coming. Like I know I can bet an under. So like, yeah. <laughs> that's let, always let me, the thing. You, let me say this. Like if you, if I open my phone right now, I'm in PA, I got Caesars, I got Barstool, I got MGM. I got FanDuel and DraftKings. Okay. What's the one reason I open those apps? Lion Shop. Line they get shop. the best price. Yeah. Now, if I'm that eager to go to those books based off a, a, a price of a couple cents, in the back of my mind, knowing that I placed this bet and I have a, like a way higher chance of getting refunded at this book, and the cents uh, on this line is only like one cent off, say, or two cents off, I'm going to bet on that book knowing that I have a chance to get refunded to them and completely forget about the other books. The yeah. fact that there's the act, it's the accessibility between these books is just unreal. They, like you said, they all offer the similar product. The fact that you can get refunded at this book, I mean, DraftKings has proven to do it multiple times and FanDuel hasn't. Now. Yeah. If I see the same line or even like a couple, I'm talking two or three cents off at DraftKings versus FanDuel, I'm betting at DraftKings. Yeah. I, and I mean, I think that that's some of the thing too, for like a recreational better, right? Like, you probably have like, I'm not withdrawing and depositing daily, like, or like weekly from my accounts. Like they are just like the amount what's on there is on there. And you know, it's like, I'll withdraw every so often just for like, whatever. Cause it's like, it's time to withdraw some, move it around, like whatever. But like, generally like my bankroll is like divided onto different sports books. So, but like recreational betters and like, you know, like I, I would say like, I'm some, I'm I'm obviously somewhere in the middle. So, so are you realistically, like I'm not making my living betting on sports. So I'm not going to say I'm a professional, but at the same time, like most people are recreational. Like they probably have one book, maybe two, um, and they signed up to get a deposit bonus. Maybe they used it all. And then now like they don't have money on accounts, right? So it's like, if I have the option to deposit between DraftKings or FanDuel and like they're essentially the same product, I'm going to deposit on the book that I think is going to maybe give me a refund or I see is like, oh, like they're treating their customers a little bit better for X, Y, and Z reason. Exactly. And the, the book that caters to me the most has my business. That's how I see it. And, you know, I hold DraftKings stock and I'm as a stockholder, I'm happy that they're doing that. And I want people to bet more on that book. So, you know, their stock can go up. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an ecosystem. I think it's good for it. You know, people out in Vegas that don't have DraftKings to handle. It's a little bit of jealousy, I think. And the older people that are against it. I mean, you, I don't have to call some guy in Vegas and say, I want a dime down 
on the Rams plus six. I open my phone on the toilet and I bet the fucking Rams plus six. <laughs> yeah, like uh, do it in the lab. So yeah, literally, it's that, but, it, that like the accessibility is just a hundred times easier now, and people are getting really frustrated about it. It's funny how you know someone else getting a refund is upsetting other people. That also that concept of right there just blows my mind. Yeah, like I I don't understand that. Like, and I think it just goes down to like what do you value as a better right? So it's like if you are somebody that like can't get money down, like I can't get more than like I I I get stuck. Points bet does the thing where they're like your max bet is whatever, and then like I it's like under it's like forty cents. Then I go to bet it, and they're like the minimum bet is fifty cents. So I'm like I just can't even bet there anymore, right? So like if that was my only option, then like yeah, like I would understand being like very very frustrated with a book that's like doing that type of thing but like other books like if you value if you're so good that you can't bet on these sports books then it's kind of like dude like you can't complain about this right now like you're like you're just get you're getting limited because they respect whatever you're doing whether it's you're hammering like market edges or you're like you have an information edge that you know maybe isn't really public but you have some sort of edge like behind the scenes whether it's like injuries or you know like somebody you're friends with somebody like you like you know something that's going on and you're able to hammer that i understand why a book's in this field like we don't really want your business so like i i get that but then at the same time like then there are other books that are just like look we don't offer that many things but we're going to give you clearly defined limits and it's like at a minimum we'll always take a thousand dollars on a spread like that's we're going to do that like that's our that's our minimum or our max bet like we'll always take that from anybody and it's just clearly defined no, I agree. And I also think it's funny how people, you know, they, they like to uh, hit the opening line for the max amount of money and then the bet gets rejected because it's a soft opening and they're not going to take that much money initially at the open and people get upset about it. And those people that are like that, that complain about the refund, like you said, they're in a different, they're in a different ball game than the rec better. And the rec better deserves to get refunded and deserves to keep playing. I think betting is good. I'm happy that the passport law finally passed. I think it's, you know, a good thing to see. I mean, I still want, you know, more Florida and Texas to come legalize. And I think people knocking other books for refunding betters and keeping the atmosphere positive is just shame on them. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be one of those things moving forward though, right? Like if, if it does, be, let's say it becomes nationally legalized and we start seeing books that are like a little bit more national and then it's like, all right, what is going to be the trade-off? Like, is the trade-off going to be like, you know, like if a DraftKings or like if a DraftKings say like on player props, then all of a sudden like the market moves to like minus 115 on each side or as opposed to minus 110 or, you know, and then you have like a different book that doesn't and they're like minus 110 instead or like minus 105 because they're like, that's how we want to garner the business. Like we're going to offer you a better line. So like for somebody like you and me, well, we're so like dedicated to the line shopping because I think that that matters like like to an incredible extent and that's yes. really the only thing that matters to me is like what is the price that i'm getting then like that'll be kind of the pushing point but i think that the market i, I think that there there needs to be less of people like trying to you know like puppeteer everything and just say like we know better because we've been here for like whatever it's like the market re market generally regulates itself in one way shape or form and demand forms those things so we'll we'll just kind of have to see exactly how that kind of shakes out and turns out you know yeah no, i definitely agree and i feel like i feel like i'm upset with the older people who have been around for you know betting for 15 10 years like i'm only 26 years old so i haven't been, i've been only been legally betting for like five years but <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a shame to see them knock the little guy and i'm saying that because 
you would think now that it became legalized and they would be, you know, we reg they regulate the market. What people betting it is better for them too. And I wish they would be more like welcoming. And on Twitter, as you see, it's a lot of the people above the age of 40 and I'm throwing a little shot here. They just don't, they just don't get it, man. It's 2023 times changed and they need to get with it. Yeah. I mean, I think it just goes into the fact it's like, look, like the market right now, even like when we talk about it, like I just had one of my calls with the Action Network about like what we're doing next year and about how a lot of my content is probably going to focus more, even more directly on player props. Cause that's like, that's the thing right now. That's what people want to see is player props. Like, sure. Like, and it's like with football, like everybody thinks they're a fucking expert. Like, so it's just like, it's like how much, like how much, it's like how much content can you have on the same like, thing right so it's like with player props there's a lot of nuance there's literally so many more markets so it's like there's so much more there and i think that that's one of those things it's just like you know people that have been betting for like longer than i've been alive right and it's like they it's like their process is like this is what i bet on this is how i do it and this is what i think is right and it's like okay well like remember when teams used to literally just run the ball three times in a row and then punt like or like never go for it on fourth down like there's just so much more to it than that and i think that it's just like the evolution of the sport and the evolution of you know the space is so interesting and so there's so much like more room to grow for everybody yeah uh you gotta sh you gotta love the guys that won contest back in 2008 when i was in middle school and now that i'm <laughs> winning i'm not allowed to win now because they won a certain way back then and since i win this way now it's frowned upon that i'm wrong <laughs> so yeah. it's always funny to see that but like i said the ecosystem hopefully not necessarily gambling x i feel like that's kind of got a bad vibe it's always gonna have bad vibe people scam and then you know these discords pop out of nowhere this guy goes 10 and now he's selling for 50 bucks next month you'll see it all on x and uh so who knows what happens in the future but hopefully it gets better hopefully it gets cleaned up a little bit now that we're paying for twitter hopefully people start taking it a little more serious i don't know man it's gotta get better yeah dude we hope we hope something happens but i do have to ask you before before we get into pods and wrecks right i have to ask you as a juiced better i'm looking at the Thursday night football game with the Giants and the 49ers. Are you going to bet minus 320 on Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown? Yeah, I can't, I can't be doing that. I'm not a, uh, I'm not, I'm not a juiced uh, touchdown better guy. I'm like, you know what's really funny? I am a big juice money line better, but when it comes to like touchdown props, I hit a big one last week on like quarterbacks. Yeah, I saw All of them are, like, yeah, yeah, I'm a sick fuck with that. All they're plus 550. I feel like touchdown props, like whole one props. I bet those two, you can't really, like the line, let me say it this way. The line for the touchdown props and the home run props that I bet, I don't really give a shit about it. It's more about like the snap counts in the red zone, the targets in the yeah. red zone. Like I, I don't even I don't even look at the line before I make my decision. I make my decision and I come and find the line and I find the best line. Is does that yeah. make sense? I kind of no, I think that's engineer. the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So like if it's plus, you know, if it's minus, I mean no. But if it's like plus two hundred or plus six hundred, I like it to the amount because I convinced myself already before I even came on the book that I want to bet this. Yeah. And the fact that it was plus six hundred is just like a bonus. Yes. Yeah, so, so I'm like, oh shit, I'm smart. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh wow, this worked out great. <laughs> yeah, literally. Pat we'll my brain it. after that. We'll take that every time, man. So I um I warned you about this before we started recording, but this is our part where we go into pods and recs. But before we do that, we gotta ask producer Corey how we doing. The Giants won. I'm fucking happy. What do you want from me? Dude, <laughs> 21 that was... days till hockey season. I cannot wait. I um come back. I was I was I was just like I don't even know. I was spiraling. I live bet the Giants 
probably 20 times on the money. <laughs> just so like, that's so it was like plus eight, nothing, 50, plus a, nothing. I just I kept doing it. I was like, there's no way up. they're this bad. There's no way they're this bad. I just couldn't, I couldn't get around it. I didn't know how to direct my rage and that's how I did it. I just kept hammering the line again and again. And it, I will never do it again. No, because the I'll next time they'll just again. get blown out. Like, because it won't be the Cardinals on the other side. Exactly. it won't be the Cardinals. But at least we're one and one, so we we'll one. we'll take that. And you know, like, I, look, it's it's tough, but hey, man, how no we, three team can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So we we have a chance. We have a chance. So how are you doing outside of the Giants, though? Um, That's pretty much dream? my entire mood. So you know, okay. still coming down off it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that we're in that part of the we're in that part of the year without the Devils right now. So yeah, my my, your my entire is fully focused on one thing. Yeah, your entire it needs to be elsewhere. I cannot wait for the hockey to start. Yeah, and then is your fantasy team in our league two and zero? Shut the fuck up! Why you gotta do that? The last time, the last time Corey's team started two and zero, he actually started seven and zero, and then missed the playoffs. Oh. <laughs> so. I don't know. He just wanted to bring that up. I I could see it in your fucking fuck you. I hope you feel like shit. Okay, that was bullshit. I can't believe you just did that. All right, so Corey, what do you? What kind of recommendation do you have for us besides bullshit? Oh, <laughs> God, uh, I recommend a book. How about that? All right. Go read a fucking book, you degenerates. That's it? Yeah, anything. I just read a shitty book, but I'm happy I finished it because it was like a fucking war of attrition. I was like, this can't be any longer. And I just kept going. And it sucked. <laughs> oh. Like, don't get me wrong. Front to back. Awful book. But I finished it. And How that was a dub. Up. How fucked up is, is it that I thought when you said you were going to recommend a book, you were going to recommend like DraftKings or something like that? <laughs> See what I mean? Go touch grass, dude. <laughs> well, maybe maybe once you test negative, go touch grass. But yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah don't go spreading that shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wash your fucking hands, people. That's my recommendation. All right. Going so back indoors, y'all. Double recommendation. <laughs> All right, Shane, what do we have for you? All right. Um. I'm going to get it out of the sports topic. Being from Philly, you guys got to get a Philly cheesesteak. Pats and Geno's down here in Philly. If you haven't had a whiz wit down here, it's the best cheesesteak in the United States. Are you are you chops. a Pats or a Geno's guy? Like, which one are you? Like, which way do you lean? Probably Geno's. Honestly, though, I get both like six times a month. That's, I, I, I mean, that's honestly impressive. Dude, I yeah, I, if I was closer, places. I'd probably be up there with those numbers. Yeah. yeah, listen, when I come home from like a Saturday night, like all banged up, I open that Uber Eats app or I have it from like the night before. I'm like, dude, I'm getting a fucking cheesesteak. You guys, are my friends, like, what are you doing, man? I'm, like, wait, I'm like waiting at the door for this fucking Uber man to find my apartment. I'm like, listen, man, I need that cheesesteak. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, I guess it's different too. Like if you're getting it at like two in the morning, it obviously is tasting exponentially yeah. better than like three in the afternoon too. Yeah. It's also so. really good, like a tradition we do, and like uh, a lot of my guy friends on like game days, wake up, I'm like, we'll hit that, and then we'll hit the stadium. <laughs> it's fucking dynamite. We love it. <laughs> we love yeah, it. Any, anything, uh, let's say, anything drunk is a 10 out of 10. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Pretty true. You eat any type of food drunk, it's a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, it could yeah. be a salad, and it's the best salad you've ever had in your life. <laughs> Literally. I remember when I was made dressing. This is delicious. This is great. <laughs> no, like that would be like you ever. You ever have leftover Chipotle for when you're drunk? It's the best. Oh, it's, so it's good. amazing. It or, might or actually. Just, it might actually take better, better drunk than it, it does is. when I'm not drunk. <laughs> yeah, like you can eat it. It's weird. You can eat it cold and it's still good. Like you don't need to heat that up. It's it's fine. They should change uh, their hours. They make more money. They open us. Uh, they open up like twelve at night to four a.m. Like, dude, imagine the amount of double. Money? 
the double meat that they would get ordered at, after two in the morning. They would <laughs> break it in. They would break it in. <laughs> Late night promo, 10x of sales, Chipotle yeah. stock through the roof. <laughs> yeah, just do it like once a month too. It would just be insane. Just that yeah. one day. So, <laughs> or just at least only to go. Um, my recommendation is I've just been having an obscene amount of chicken soup. So like uh, it's soup season, guys, you know, like it's going to fucking go with food. I told hit, you we have hit September. It is soup season. The one thing that I did have the other day that was actually great. And like uh, the listeners know this, but I had I had split pea soup again recently. And split pea soup is just by far one of my favorite soups. But I think the thing that's important when you have split pea soup, it's unlike most other soups in that you should use croutons rather than crackers in the soup. Dramatically different experience. They kind of they don't get soggy and they don't just they kind of maintain like a little bit of the crunch factor in there. So it's just a great addition to any soup Uh, would recommend croutons in most soups. I just think it's a great little switch up. But with split pea in particular, having that texture there critically important. I got to stop you right here. (laughs) You know, you're like maybe two months ahead of the last soup recommendation you made last year. I don't think you did it until like almost November. Yeah. Well, it's only because I'm sick. So yeah. And like also word of caution, like don't eat split pea soup and then go into a crowded area. That's just mean. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Hey, I'm in quarantine right now. Exactly. Have all the split pea soup you want. It's only mean to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Your poor wife and the dogs. And my dogs. Yeah. Joe, so go. top three, what do you got? Top three. Soup connoisseur Joe. Soups, um, split pea, Italian wedding, and um, minestrone. Minestrone and Italian wedding is the same shit. No, it's not. They're, they're <laughs> the completely crap different. Crap at a deli that nobody else wants. <laughs> hey, that's a respectable one, two, three. Yeah, like, hey, look, I, like I came one, in hot. One, two, two, B. <laughs> I like I like a I like a nice Manhattan clam. I like a nice beef barley as well. Beef um, barley rocks. Beef barley is great soup. So those are all those are all great soups. But one of the things, like I said, guys, you know, this has been a great pod. Uh, Shane, um, it was awesome to have you on. Uh, just tell everybody real quick before we go where to find you. Okay, yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter um, at Shane Trail. Unfortunately, my parents spell my name a little weird. It's S H A Y N E, and then T R A I L. There's a Y in there, and then my company is the Hall of Fame Fund, and then I have a couple of alt accounts. If you bet the Nerfie or No Runs First Inning on Twitter, you probably follow one of my Nerfies. It's called uh, straight up at No Runs First Inning. So yeah, you can find me on all those little alt accounts and uh, my main. All right, so we'll put those in the bio. Thanks again, Shane, for coming on. And producer Corey, thanks again for producing. I hope you guys all have a super week. (laughs) And let's cash that.